Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey folks, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. Father Shane's not here with me, but instead, I might, I might say even better, even better guest today to be on the podcast. We have Danny and Ashley Swall. Welcome, guys. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. That well, huge audience here in your kitchen. Where did they come from? I don't know. <laughs> Danny, Ashley, I think you guys, I was just telling you before we started, I think you guys are some of the most faithful fans of the podcast. Yeah. You guys have listened. Have you listened for probably all the episodes, huh? Got them all. Well, except today's, the one that came out today. The one that came out, we're recording on Wednesday when the one with Father John Burns came out. Well, you'll have to listen to it. Well, you have to keep right after up. this. Do we, I'm curious, do you guys have any favorite episodes oh boy. of the two years? Hmm. Not that I can think of. They're all They're all good. Like They're all amazing. All. Yeah. I'll, think, a, I'll think of it when you'll we're think done. Of, that's good. No, you'll think of it while we're talking. That's fine. Um we're here in Lamar's, Iowa, uh, the wonderful community where I spent my first two years as a priest. I'm back. I was just hanging out at Galen. I had mass at the all school mass where your oldest daughter was, uh, I think there, presumably there. Yeah. She, yeah. Better, be. Kid, she better be a mass. Yeah. And then she was like, you know, smoking on the front porch or something with her cool friends. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dead kids these days. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, so I'm back in Lamar's and, um, I got to know both of you well over the past two years, um, when I was your parochial vicar at the parish and all saints um yeah i think yeah. you guys are pretty awesome um my first encounter with 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 probably you guys was like seeing this like this family in the fir- in the front row and then i can't remember when you were gone when you were gone overseas yeah when you was that right when i showed up i was already gone exactly because so I, I remember because my buddy jacob yeah who's a went overseas with us yeah um he's a buddy of yours yeah. from seminary and he was telling me about you and i was like oh yeah whatever but then you when left. I came back, I started seeing all these videos of this young guy. Cool, awesome, <laughs> young so priest, hip and super hip with he the said kids. Cool things. Yeah. yeah. No, I just remember I was just like, "Who's this wonderful mom with her? Just like three little <laughs> girls in the in the front row. Yeah. Who? Um. Uh. Yeah. I was like, and where's her like punk husband? Who's just never here at mass <laughs> with her? I'm like, probably just a bum at home, sitting on the couch or something. And then I've, he was serving our country overseas for the military, but. Um, <laughs> But then you came back, and then I was like, wait. I was like, who is this jack guy with a sweet St. Michael the Archangel tattoo lecturing a mass who seems like he's going to, like, jump out of the ambo and, like, assault me with the lectionary? Um, oh, that was Danny Ashley's fault. <laughs> but I was glad to get to know you guys. And then, sadly, I left for Sioux City. Um, but it's good to be close. That's good, good for back. the diocese. Yeah, it is good <laughs> for the diocese. Yeah. Yeah. It's still yeah. not too far away, so. No, it's we nice. We get to see you every now and then. Absolutely. <laughs> when I pop by, yeah. yeah. You guys had me over for some wonderful Archies. Um, yeah. But did the noob move of not getting on the wait list, so we were there for oh, a yeah. long time. Well, it was just more time to drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, it was good. It was good. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys are on the show, um, and hopefully we'll record a couple episodes today. Um, as I have this mobile podcast equipment. Yeah, um, this is legit. You probably never thought you'd be, yeah, recording a podcast. Well, I mean, so Danny, you do have your own little podcast. I'll give you a shout out. Oh, thanks. The Homilay. 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 Yeah. Uh, I think it's really cool, right? So Danny, you joined the church, what, five years ago? Yes. Baptized? Yep, confirmed. Easter of 18. Easter of 2018. Joined the church, which is like awesome, especially 
especially in Lamar, especially in rural Iowa, that's so often not the case, right? Ashley, you've got a, you know, your family has been here since probably yep. the first settlers of this town. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. the Langles have been here forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's different. It's different to come to a town like this, mm-hmm. marry into a family, and then to make that decision to join the church. So it's, it's exciting to hear on your podcast, you just offer like your own reflections on the gospel and the readings for the Sunday, which is really helpful perspective. One, because it helps a priest know like, okay, what's actually going on in the minds of the hearts of the people who are, who are in the pews, you know, let's bring more connection. But I think it also gives a really helpful perspective. Yeah. Oh, how did you, how did you kind of decide to kick that off or decide or, or have a desire for that? Well, the, the thing is about it is I'd hear a lot of people when we leave mass, one of the things that they don't, I don't know, not like about Mass, I guess, is, oh, the homily was, I didn't really get anything. Oh, I don't like being lectured at. You mm-hmm. know, it's just kind of like, well, we go to Mass to worship. Yeah. Um, to go to Mass with the intent of taking, I suppose, for lack of a better term. I just wanted to give a, a version of what people want to take from Mass huh. beforehand yeah. so that when they go to Mass, they can help them prepare. Because, you know, we have kids, and to us, they're loud and they get, you know, make us not pay attention. So it's like, but we're there worshiping as much as we can. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do in my mm-hmm. eyes. Right. I think you're trying to give like a, trying to give like a tool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worship so like if you, my perspective is that if you can hear the readings and then someone talking about them, then you have that part checked and then you can yeah. go to mass and fully worship, even if you don't get the homily or the priest that you don't like is up there or whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. so hopefully, and maybe I talk about it a little more casually, without any theological studies background. Yeah. So hopefully it relates a little bit. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, there's a couple of times where I've over the summer, especially when I was more engaged in the cathedral parish, I popped on there and listened to what your hot takes were on the, on the <laughs> scriptures. Cause it was like, Oh, this is helpful to know like what a guy in the pews is experiencing, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's exciting. Cause I, I think we're at this time in the church and, uh, second Vatican council on the church, Lumen Gentium, the document, it talks about the laity. And I got so excited about that in my own like work on my thesis is that like, this is the time in the church where the lady really need to understand their vocation in a, in a greater way. It's like where a priest going to come from, you know, as vocation director and father right. Shannon to seminary priest going to come from families, you know, where family's going to grow in their faith. Um, it's through these like little ways of stepping deeper into it. Right. It's like right. bringing your kids to catechism, the good shepherd. It's like sitting in the front pew. It's like these different things can actually help like, yeah bring about the faith in the, in the home. Well, and yeah, and hopefully you can start like this trickle effect where other people start to get inspired to do things. Yeah. If they see somebody doing something, I could do that too. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, with Lisa, how you kind of irked her on to do the thirsty souls. Yeah, for thirsty souls. And now it's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. Good. Outcast Catholic, you guys have listened for a long time. You know, the whole idea is like, okay, we find ourselves right now in this kind of post Christendom world where, especially here in Lamar's and Sioux city as well in our diocese and a lot of towns, right? Remsen where you're from, Danny, it's like there are, there are lots of kind of post Christian experiences where there's still these churches. There's still these kind of some, some kind of Christian culture, Catholic culture that's at play, but we're kind of losing that. We see that a lot, like with our peers, right? I, I think sometimes older generations are surprised when I'll say that, Oh, like when I meet somebody in their thirties, my expectation is that they don't practice right. faith. Yeah. yeah, you know, like that's the expectation. It's not like, oh man, shoot, like yeah. no, that's the expectation. You know, mm-hmm. um, we've talked about all these different things um, that kind of make people feel outcast. But I think 
living in the parish, you know, living in the life of the parish, one of the biggest things that people, when people distance themselves from the church is when they lose somebody in their family, right? When somebody in their family dies. A lot of that has to do with like, what's my image of God? And if my image of God is this kind of like powerful grandpa in the clouds, he's all powerful and I want him to fix a situation, right? My family member is like sick with cancer or or, or different situations at play. It's like, I want something to change. It doesn't change. Therefore, God is like this mean God, right? And just so often, so often, that's what distance people from the church, right? And the goal of this show, the goal of like our ministry as priests, I know your guys' desire is to bring people back, right? Bring our family members back, right? All of that. Um, And I know you guys' story. It's like you've you've experienced recent loss. You've experienced loss, you know, in your your families and stuff like that. But I was hoping we could talk into that situation. Maybe if you could share your own experience so that we could have a greater understanding. Okay, when so many people experience loss, experience death, they turn away from God. Um, I think I've seen in you guys, you've done the opposite, right? It's brought you closer to him. And there's been this greater awareness of like, Faith is hard. It's hard to live this life. It's not easy. Danny, you talk about that on your podcast all yeah. the time. Like, Jesus didn't, like, give us his church. It's supposed to be, like, cushy and easy, yeah. right? Says the CrossFit coach. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but to follow him is to, like, to live, like, a life that's joyful and that's happy, that's fulfilling. But, yeah, so I thought we could just maybe chat about that. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, where do I begin? Um, well... I guess most recent, my most recent loss, we had a son who was born in June Mm -hmm. and, um, we knew that he wasn't going to make it. So at our 20 week ultrasound, uh, they diagnosed him with a, a lethal form of skeletal dysplasia. So essentially that means his bones were very short. Mm. And so that made his lungs there wasn't any any room for his lungs to grow because Mm. his ribs were so short. So, you know, a lot of the, the doctors and the nurses, they were, they kind of were like, Oh, so when do you want to deliver him? You know, Mm. like they didn't say anything about abortion or Mm. killing him or, but it was just kind of like, you don't have to carry him full term because he's not going to survive anyway. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't feel right to me or to Danny. Mm. Um, and so at that time, we were very strong in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like, praise God that we were because I can. I had all these, you know, hundreds of emotions, thoughts going through my head. And it's like, well, yeah, if he's not going to survive, I'm going to go. Like, here I am, best, best shape of my life, right? Yeah. I'm going to watch my body, you know, grow and get bigger and, um, all for my baby who's not going to survive. But it, it was a no brainer though, for me, it was like, my poor baby's gonna, he's gonna die anyway. Like I want right now I can feel him kicking, right? I can, we can see him on the ultrasound. He's moving around like he looks happy and he can breathe in my womb, Mm -hmm. you know? So, why not carry him as long as I can? Mm. Because that's the life that he will get. You know, it's, mm. it's already going to be so short. Why make it even shorter for like selfish reasons, you know, because mm-hmm. being pregnant with him was not affecting my health. If I were to, if I were to deliver him early, it was really only in my opinion for selfish reasons. And yeah. I, and I wasn't going to do that yeah. because I mean, here, 
I am looking at, you know, Jesus on the cross. Jesus is not selfish at all. He, he was crucified, like brutally tortured before he was crucified. Mm-hmm. So I'm just staring at the crucifix in our home, which, by the way, everyone should have one in their home. But yeah. <laughs> Good plug. And I'm just seeing yes. the nails in his hands, and he went through all that for us. And I can, I can go through my whole pregnancy and mm-hmm. give my son... I can deliver him and give him as much life as God is willing to give him. You know, yeah. it's not in my hands to to end his life any sooner than you know, it's not as humans, we're not supposed to <clears throat> take charge of ending anyone's life, mm. right? So <clears throat> it's up to God, and I knew God had a plan, and it only made me getting that diagnosis at that ultrasound it only made me want to get even closer to God. Mm. Like I would see church and I was just like, I need to get in there, mm. you know, like, and I needed to pray more. And because I knew the only way to get through it was with God. Mm. He was already giving us so much strength and it just, it like, I don't know. So yeah, what we did mm. was we deli- we went full term and we delivered him and he lived for one whole hour, which mm. was actually more than the doctors told us. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that, you know, the doctor said he's not going to live. Sure. But the one person who really knows is God. Yeah. And, you know, we can't just sit down and have a nice conversation with God one-on-one, like in, in real person. But mm. I knew God was, he was, he was with us yeah. and he is with us. Yeah. And so, yeah, praise God. He, yeah. he got us through it all. And, and we're actually expecting another baby now. So yeah. Oh, that was a real announcement. Right there. <laughs> yeah. there it is on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm grateful for you sharing that the testimony, Ashley, and like bringing in like just like kind of the gospel into it too. It's like Jesus suffered and died for us. And then I think especially you said he gave me strength in the midst of it oh, where yeah. I stepped into it. I mean, I was your priest this whole time and I saw you guys all the time at mass and different times of the parish for different things. Um, and I saw it. I saw your baby growing. Like I, I saw you getting bigger, like over the, over yeah. the months and, and, you know, and Danny, we had gotten together, I think just to hang out and have a beer the one time. And then that's when you shared with me, it was like right after the, right after the ultrasound. Yeah. It wasn't um, too long. Yeah. It wasn't too long. Yeah. And you had shared that. But then where I stepped into this, uh, <laughs> you guys had asked, I'd already moved to Sioux city. You guys had asked if I could be kind of on call to baptize John, yeah, baptize his baby. So I was, so like when you just clipped from me, like, yeah, and then we just delivered. You know, I'm, I'm a celibate and I don't, I don't have, I have two younger brothers, but they're pretty close in age to me and I'm the oldest. So I don't have any like nieces and nephews yet. So like just the reality of like waiting for a baby to come, it was just so funny. Like yeah. I was ready. I was like ready to go like up the street. You guys were at the <laughs> hospital, just like down the street from the cathedral is. And I was just waiting and waiting. And then you're like, I think it's time. So then I came to the hospital and I waited for like two hours and you're just like, no, but I think this is awesome. This is one of my, this is such a grace for my priesthood, for my own spiritual fatherhood was when it was like really questionable how long he would live, right? Even if it was like a few moments, you know, I just told Danny, I said, you're going to baptize your son. And so everybody knows like baptism is such an important sacrament that while the like ordinary means of doing that is a deacon, a priest, a bishop at the church with this full ceremony, this full rite. Of course, like priests can do emergency baptisms. It happens all the time in hospitals, but what's wild and the church has always really taught this, even a non-Christian, even an atheist could baptize somebody 
if it's with water and it's in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, right? There's just this like kind of radical availability for the sacrament of baptism because the church has always seen it as a necessary component to salvation, right? Or at least that's what Jesus gave us. He gave us sacramental economy and he said, okay, this is what we need to be saved, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, in a, in a moment of, uh, you know, um, no, the church does not want like grandmas baptizing their like unchurched, you know, grandkids <laughs> in the bathtub, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> when the parents don't want it to yeah. happen. But this moment I said, Danny, you're going to baptize your son. So you got water in like a styrofoam hospital yeah, cup. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was like a scene from a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy. Probably slow motion too. It was, it was wild. What was that like for you to kind of take on that like priestly role as the father uh, of a family in that moment? It was, I don't know, it's indescribable. Um, like the Holy Spirit is, you know, the things that happen that you can attribute to the Holy Spirit are those things that don't have common tongue descriptions. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like the Beatitudes a lot, right? Mm. The blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty. Yeah. They'll be fed. You know, basically, it. Jesus describes, to me, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as those completion things. Mm. And so in that moment, it was kind of like that. It, I don't want to say I blacked out, but I felt above myself. Yeah. You know? Tra- like a transcendent experience, right? There's yeah. More. I don't know if that's what the out-of-body experience is. Mm. Or whatever, but, it was, but, but it was powerful. It was. It was just like... Like, I wasn't moving myself, I know. Yeah. Well, I just think that's so helpful, that kind of, like, that acute experience of, of loss of John and just, like, the gift he was to you for those nine months that you carried him, the gift for that one hour, and, like, praise yeah. God, the gift in your family now. <clears throat> like, he's a saint in heaven. Like, there's not a question about that, right? Right. He's baptized. Yeah. And then died. So it's like, he's in heaven, right? right. No sin. There's nothing holding him away from God. But I think part of the other story, actually, it's like, you lost your dad when he wasn't very old. You lost your brother when he was really young, right? Yeah. So I think when people hear you guys' story, it's just like, wow, what a faithful couple. But then it's like, as you keep hearing more and more, wait, there's so much loss, right? Yeah. How how have you experienced that strength? Because you said that God is my strength. When so many people turn away from God, how did you kind of experience, or still even right now, that like, okay, God's my strength? Well, Losing my dad, so I lost my brother first. Um, he was 32 years old from ALS, and I was, oh boy, I was in my 20s, maybe, I don't even know, 21 mm-hmm. or something, but I was more lost then, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, after I graduated high school, went to college, I, I, I sort of lost my faith. I mean, I believed in God. Um, but I that knew, typical kind of drifting away yeah, from the practice of the church, yeah. going to mass, yeah, college, confession, yeah, yeah. I didn't really do any of the sacraments. Mm. Um, kind of fell away from the Catholic Church a little bit. Um, but so when my brother died, I, I was very sad, and I remember thinking um, I I could only focus on how he was going to be buried mm. and like it didn't seem right that his body was going to be underground. Mm. And it's, I mean, now that I know what I know, it's like I should have been praying for him in purgatory and, you know, hoping that he would make it to heaven. And I mean, I thought he would be in heaven because he was a wonderful man. And experienced like suffering and hopefully that brought him closer to God. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. So I just automatically thought, okay, I know he'll be in heaven, but I was more focused on just the fact that, you know, this, he's, he was a great athlete. Mm. Like he was, I, I would say he's my favorite brother out of five brothers. <laughs> oh man! Like n- even before he got sick, I would say that, you yeah. know, so he was just awesome. And 
so yeah, I was, I was lost for sure. Um, but I think I was good at just kind of moving on. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a bunch of family and friends that it just distracting yourself. Oh, it's so easy to distract yourself today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, social media, just everything. Yeah. So, you know, I moved on and then actually only two years later, then my dad died from brain cancer mm. and that I still was kind of away. I didn't have a good, good, strong faith. Um, wasn't very close to God still, but I wasn't angry at God. Um, I'm a nurse, so I kind of took on the nurse role. Mm. Um, when I would come home from college, I would help him out and, you know, do nursing care essentially for my dad. Yeah. And I was there with him for his last breath. And that was, I mean, that was amazing, actually. Mm. Like, I'm so grateful yeah. that I was there um, with my mom. But I, again, I think I kind of just distracted myself mm. and, um, you know, I went back to college you know we lived across the state so it's easy to just not think about yeah <laughs> out of sight out of mind kind of yeah thing. yeah yeah and then you know when we do have the holidays and stuff then it's a little sad but even then we you know just you know drink and have fun with our family and so yeah. I didn't really um yeah fully grasp it I think until now but now you know, I do pray and I hope that they're in heaven. And Mm -hmm. so it's been quite a journey. It was a lot different with, um, losing John and actually Mm. we've lost several babies. So, um, but yeah, I'm just, I, I kind of had said to my brother when we found out about John, I said, um, it it was perfect timing to get that news because, of the relationship I had finally established Mm. with God. Mm. And I'm just so grateful for it. And it's a lot. I have to thank my husband, Danny, Mm -hmm. because he actually is the reason why I grew so much because after he joined the church, that's when I started to learn. Mm. So thank you so much (laughs) for this kind of witness. What I think is so beautiful in this witness is like, yeah, you guys are cool. I, I like you guys. You're my friends because you're cool people. I like hanging out with you. But it's so clear it's like God's grace is at work, right? Yeah. It's not just like you were so awesome and you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and it was like this rah, rah, rah thing. It's like, no, like you should be crushed right now. Yeah. Like you should like not be faithful. You should not be saying things like, yeah, God gave us so much strength that after I lost, <laughs> that after I lost my brother, that after I lost my dad, right? These different little, the little ones who didn't even make it full term, right? In, yeah. in pregnancy. And now this baby who did, it's just like, no, everything's kind of marked up that like says no. But I think this is what a witness to the life of the Christian, right? And the life of discipleship that it's like, no, because of the cross, right? We stand in the face of sin and suffering and we say, our, this is wonderful. My professor in um, uh, eschatology, so like talking about the end times, we're made for heaven and stuff. He said, it's like, when is Christ going to come again? He's like, we don't know. Jesus didn't say, but what we do know, and this is so powerful. He said that death doesn't have the last word. Right. Like that is what the resurrection shows us. And that's the, like the life of the Christian is to stand in the face of death and destruction and sin. And like even a culture that's falling apart and not be despaired. Right. And St. Paul talked about that in his writings where he's just like, he's like, I'm beaten down, but I'm not crushed. Right. He's just like, but we get back up. 
and we keep going um, mm-hmm. because you said it's like because the Lord is our strength. Like He's the one who's actually given us this grace. Yeah. Um, well, and just it's unreal if you surround yourself with like faith-filled things. So before we ha- we got the news about John, I was reading the Bible and I was reading like a couple different books faith related and we got the news from the ultrasound and then you know I went home and we continued to read just the same books where mm-hmm. I left off and it was just like bam 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 like everything I needed to hear mm. it's like the books right changed there. like they changed was, to yeah. talk to you yeah if you surround yourself with with God and with faith-filled readings with yeah, the scriptures, the just, sacraments, it right. just comes to you what you need mm. to hear. It like you don't even have to search, just just continue yeah. to read and continue to pray, and you'll get all of these messages that you need. And yeah. it's it's amazing, really. Well, how many yeah. times have we like because we get those emails from uh, Word on Fire for the daily readings? Yeah. How many times have we, you know, woken up, read them separately or whatever, and been like, guess what, daily reading? Did you see that daily reading today? Right. Yeah, jeez, I know, right? Like, yeah, we just had uh, Hebrews, beautiful line, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and effective. It's like Jesus is alive, right? Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. the hope that we can yeah. live with, you know? We'll wrap it up now because we're kind of pushing it. Well, 25 minutes, you know, we don't want to go oh, past wow. that 20 minutes. <laughs> it's good. We'll have you guys right back on. So uh, look forward to hearing from uh, Danny and Ashley soon for their hottest takes on all the all the all the good topics Um, guys it was so wonderful to have you and thank you so much for your witness to just the faith god's faithfulness and your faithfulness in response Um, it's been a blessing to be with you and i look forward to seeing you guys soon thank you blessing beyond thank you god bless you guys thanks for tuning in send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com catch you next time and god bless